Welcome to the Inkspire podcast from Tharstern, the show that helps you turn your printing company into a bionic business. Here is your host, Ross Edwards. Hello, and thanks for joining me on the Inkspire podcast, where each week we cover at least one of the three strategies that will help you build a bionic business, technology, culture, and process. Each episode, I'm joined by a different guest to chat about their experience and insights into being bionic and leading the way in the ever-changing industry of print. Today, I'm joined by uh, two of my colleagues, actually, Andrew Strand, one of our customer partnership managers. Thanks for joining us today, Andrew. Hello, Ross. Good afternoon. And also joined by Laura Woodward, one of our implementation specialists. Laura, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Ross. So today's topic is one that we're all um, quite our favourite, I think, and passionate about as well. Uh, and we wanted to talk about system reviews and workflow reviews and, and the importance of them. And I thought, Laura, the, the particular having you on this session today was really, really uh, prudent because because you, you've recently come from the being in the printing industry and, and implementing not just MIS and, and, and managing MIS, but other software and workflow technologies uh, and, and recently joined our, our implementation team. And I just thought it'd be really good to maybe get your input on this as well as mine and Andy's as well from a, from our experience of working with businesses um, over, over the last 20 odd years or whatever and, and how uh, system reviews and workflow reviews play a role in that. So Laura, maybe if I could start the conversation with you, a system review, workflow review, what, from from a, a print business's perspective, why why would you want to do something like that? Like, um, um, you know, what, what would you see a, a system review to be? So our system review for a business, especially in the print industry, is incredibly important because, as we know, technology moves at such a fast rate. A lot of print businesses at the forefront of the industry mm. will have technology at, at the heart of, of what they do. So it's incredibly important that those processes are reviewed, ideally on an annual basis, um, because to do it properly, you do need to dedicate time um, and resources to be able to investigate that properly. The reason why it's also incredibly important is, as we know, over the past 12, 24 months with um, the implications of COVID and also other factors that have happened within, within the world, that product types will have changed, businesses themselves will have changed, but also suppliers, technology partners, those will also have changed and possibly brought in new infrastructure. They'll have brought in new expertise. They Mm. might have moved into a new direction. So as a business, it's always very important to explore what else is out there, review what you're currently doing. Can we do anything better? And are there things within our own business that we need to change to make ourselves adaptable for moving forward? Yeah, I think some really good points there, Laura, that we'll probably dig into a bit more deeper. What about Andy from 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 your perspective? You know, working with with businesses over over the years, system reviews, workflow reviews. I think it's something that gets a bit neglected, if I'm honest. Yeah. You know, from from my my role here at Tharston, I kind of see see the customer at sort of different points in their MIS journey. Mm-hmm. Um, we spend a lot of time. In that initial engagement, really getting into the nitty gritty of, you know, what what are your requirements, Mr. Customer? Mm-hmm. What's your vision ahead? You know, not so much the here and now, but where where do you see the business in a few years' time? And we spend so much time and effort just working through that and making sure that the software's, you know, it fills the objectives. And there's a lot of enthusiasm in that because they want to mm-hmm. get it right. Yeah. They build a team. They build an implementation team yeah. to assist 
in the in the rollout of it and and sometimes it gets that when as soon as someone's gone live that's kind of it and they go right okay mas is done now that's yeah. it brilliant like mission then, complete abandon the team complete, you know like yeah. disband the team yeah yeah put a big tick in that box we've, yeah. we've done what we needed to do um but then over time, things do change. Things I say mm. over time, things can move quite quickly within print. This mm. is exactly what Laura said there, especially over the last 12, 24 months, where, mm. where we work has changed. Mm. Or, you know, the, the client mix will have changed, the product mix will have changed. Yeah. And are we, are we are we putting as much attention towards realising what difference that might make to our workflow than we were when we all sat in that room however long ago and we, we mm. designed we designed the rollout and i just think sometimes people aren't doing that and, yeah. and, and they don't notice the changes that happen and then one day someone goes i don't think this is working for it don't think this system's right yeah and i don't think that's necessarily correct yeah. i just think it hasn't been hasn't had the continual tlc that that these systems need so yeah, uh, yeah. yeah i think it's something that gets a bit ignored if i'm honest yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, it, you know, it, it's the, the focus initially is on putting that system in and right yeah. or so and business will get there and they go live where you've completely implemented the system. Brilliant achievement, brilliant milestone. And, and But everyone kind of breathes a sigh of relief and it's all oh, right. Well, it's done now and we can we can yeah. normal business can resume. But obviously, it, you know, maybe improved and better. But like you say, it people disband them then don't they maybe yeah. you know i'm not saying all but some businesses do retain that team and yeah. keep on reviewing but i think it, we see more a tendency for that that team to to dissipate and that could be for many natural reasons as well that staff leave um yeah. you know roles change responsibilities change the business changes etc so it, it is sometimes hard to keep that team together and and to keep that I guess maybe that that focus isn't it of like yeah. well why do we need this team now you know but it's a bit like you go to the gym isn't it to lose weight or to to achieve a certain goal and when you get there you, you can't then stop going to the gym you know you need to still yeah. keep going to the gym maybe not as regular maybe you start doing other things as well but it, it, it's it's kind of you need to to maintain yeah. it uh yeah, that, and i think that's, that's um... perhaps the, the the key point isn't it it is, and I, you know, I generalise a bit there with what yeah. my opening statement really is. That's not what we see everywhere. Don't get no. me wrong. We've got some. We've, I've got some really good examples where they have kept the team yeah. together, mm. and yeah. and you see some real benefits there. And and people do change. You know, if there's a big change, like we got a new press or we've won a whole new account, then yes, of course, people will that will draw the mind. Yeah, and the team together to like let well like, let's adapt what we've got because mm. of what just happened, but. Yeah, it's perhaps the more incremental things that, yeah. that go unnoticed that sort of compound yeah. you know, a year or two down the line. That, that that's when you know that that sort of moment happens. I'm I'm not suggesting it happens as I initially described everywhere. Yeah. It clearly yeah. doesn't. Yeah, no, yeah, no, you're right, Andy. It's, it's, and I think we get that. It's kind of we see this and we see the the, the positive sides and, and the negative yeah. sides, don't we? And, and um. It's interesting what you say there about the compound effect type mm. thing as well, isn't it? Of like mm. the um, we did a podcast a while back about about the compound effect and and more looking at positive change. So you can just make a sm- a small tiny change, and that can actually over time compound to have a much bigger impact yeah. than maybe maybe having that big change, which you know takes more effort and and, and resilience. But 
and, and I think what you were alluding to there is that it's the opposite, isn't it? That small changes in the other way, um, yeah, absolutely. you know, so they can start to take you off course a little bit um, yeah. over time that you don't notice them initially, but it creeps up and it, it will just change over time. It's a bit like a snowball effect in that yeah. respect, isn't it? Yeah. It starts off yeah. as maybe just being one small thing and then something else adds to it. And before you know it, you're dealing with something that's a lot bigger than just that yeah. initial that yeah. initial issue that if in all honesty, if it was yeah. ironed out initially, yeah. it would have it could have prevented that. Yeah. It's, it's it's I think like in the compound effect we talked about like the, the this idea of marginal gains and it's the to the opposite is marginal pains isn't it that you just that's it, exactly you, that. you, you don't uh, pick up on it it's only over time that you like say that snowball effect and I, w- I was watching a great documentary the other day about that very moment that, that example of where they were trying to extend in Claridge's hotel and they were digging underneath and they were they were putting in these service tunnels that, that had to meet up with a with another shaft that was coming downwards so they got a kind of a vertical shaft meeting a horizontal and there was this guy there with this laser machine and, and every kind of movement it was like checking it checking it checking it and then they'd check it again and it was just like if it was just out by two millimeters at the beginning of digging that tunnel and then they carried on without correcting it eventually they just said that they would be out by meters by the time they got to the other end and so they were constantly having to check this this tunnel that all the measurements were exactly right that margin of error just couldn't be allowed and rightly Um, so you don't want them 20 minutes late delivering your gin and tonic to your room do you (laughs) thank goodness goodness they did um, yeah (laughs) yeah so but the same principle applies doesn't it? it you know i think i've heard the adage of um for, for aeroplanes when they're in flight as well that they, they only have to go one degree off course and at the beginning of the journey and before they know it they're in a completely def- different destination if they don't correct it so yeah i think that's one of the maybe one of the parts of the system review isn't it to identify the the workflow and is it is it still fit for purpose is it still doing what you need it to do are, are, are the challenges that you've have, have developed that you need to address that sort of thing aren't we really i think we're talking about absolutely keeping your team yeah keeping yeah. your team everybody i know laura's got a lot of experience here but keeping that team together and getting the right people in that team because they're the eyes and ears mm. across the business so it's just it's just important that they yeah. have regular meetings and yeah. um yeah meet monthly quarterly whatever works for, for you as a business but you know mm. your mis partner they, they need to be part of that discussion as well again maybe not every time but yeah. uh, invite them in every other three or whatever it might be you know because there's things change at your mis suppliers and your partners and there's new new functionality new modules you know there's a there's a vision there as well as within your business so it's it's important with sort of we all keep close yeah, so it's kind of like not only, I guess what you're saying there is it's not only about understanding your own business changes and requirements, but understanding the technology changes as well. Mm-hmm. That, that there's constant updates, new features come along. Could you make use of them? You know, it, it, is it something you can benefit from and being aware of them? Yeah, if you think about an example of that, you know, with faster MIS, it connects into lots of different web to print. And yeah. I, I've certainly had a conversation with a with a customer who has a, a system that we now integrate with but we haven't forever and actually they weren't aware of that 
and yeah. there were lots of short run digital jobs were coming through the web to print portal yeah and somebody's hand cranking those into the mis mm, mm. and they're spending as long doing that as as the sort of general inquiries in and you know just a 10 minute conversation sparked a different route a different, yeah. you know a change in that workflow and you connect up and you you know once the taps coming on from the, the web to print portal then that's all fully automated so it's just got to yeah absolutely invaluable just to sort of keep those conversations going yeah yeah absolutely right and i think we talked before as well i think you and i have talked about this already as well about this idea of treating your software like an employee and you know it's something that we've talked about a lot at Thorson, i think when we when we engage with with businesses and and if you had it you know your mis was an employee or or any software application was an employee that would report to somebody or somebody would be responsible for it but also you'd review that employee on a periodic basis to kind of like help the personal development and business development and all the rest and so so why wouldn't you do the same with with maybe software you know an mis being one of them and but other applications that you use uh, to identify development opportunities so you might be really happy with everything that, that that's doing but if you have a star employee you still want to work with them to help you know what's what's the next goal for them how can you develop it more what more can we do and, and what support can we give you and, and vice versa that's exactly right yeah so if we think about the the processes that we do go through as employees yeah. um you know a lot of us are striving to be the best that we you know we can be as employees and if we try and think about you know our software partner in that respect especially yeah. our mis system we obviously want it to be the best employee that we have now we all know that even the best always wants to strive to do better yeah. so we should always um consider you know that when we when we think about our mis system as well yeah so that some of the the processes that we go through you know employee engagement and stuff like that you know that's almost what you you want to consider your mis partner to, to, to go through that process with as well yeah 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 definitely and i think we've talked here about as well haven't we about about workflow right or system review as like just looking at maybe the functionality side of things and stuff but there are other reasons maybe why you might want to to, to do a, a system review as well and that might be more centered around uh, around the data in there as well and i can think of an example where only recently where I was talking to a, a customer and, and their their cost rates you know haven't been reviewed in quite some time and and and, and so it, it was like thinking about the the knock-on effect of that because because that that could really affect things couldn't it Andy? Well absolutely yeah cost base the, you know every business every household you know the cost base has has changed more recently than mm. any time if you're going mm. back someone's not reviewed their cost rates for five years yeah well the world is a very different landscape now if you think about all the different um, supply issues that there's been so yeah you got to absolutely ensure that you know when you're carrying out your mis functions be it estimating whatever that the um the facts and figures it's coming back to you in are the, are the right ones to base your decisions on yeah is um if they're inflated or if they're under then yeah Back to what you said before us if they're only a little bit out march on yeah. six months so you know yeah. there are different pricing models out there of course but uh yeah having a handle on those those internal cost rates absolutely important. yeah 
I think we only have to look at energy. I mean, if you're absorbing energy costs into the um into the actual cost of machinery, if those are based on figures from even two or three years ago, mm. and then we and then we consider them now, obviously that could have mm. quite an impact on on the actual cost of that machine. So so keeping a handle on those actual costs that are are being absorbed into those machine rates are incredibly important. And when we're thinking about a system review, you know, it yeah. might not just be you know it's a whole system, not necessarily just the MIS part. It's the it's the whole functionality of what a business is doing that that needs to be considered when when doing that review. Yeah, so it's, it's taking a, a, a discount approach or like a holistic approach of, uh-huh. of looking at not uh-huh. just functionality but the, the 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 system data, the setup, and things. And like prospects as an example, I mean, I know in the conversation I was having with this particular mm-hmm. customer that it was it was actually probably going the other way that the cost rates were over inflated because they paid off so much equipment, some equipment no longer existed, you know, there was less staff because they'd managed to make efficiencies and things like that. So so their overheads would have reduced quite a bit, even with perhaps some of the, the rises that they've, they've increased. You know, they're in a smaller, a smaller building now, they're kind of shifted into a different building. So all of them things, and, it, and it's like, you know, that they will have a big impact on on on, on estimating on, on you but also on, on reporting and financials and stuff but of course it can go the other way can't it as well as you've, you've suggested there with energy costs and, and things that you might be undercharging and not recovering what you need to yeah the other thing that could that, that i mean energy is obviously the one that we all think of because of the the escalating energy costs that, that we're all familiar with but there are certain machinery that will absorb raw material costs that might not be considered so you know not necessarily you want to build into an estimate so these might not have huge values to them but over time they're increasing in price by 10 15 20 percent and before you know it if you've not reviewed those in a few years those raw material costs that are absorbed into those can be almost double what they cost you a few years ago so again another reason why to 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 consider reviewing those as well yeah Okay, yeah. So, and you mentioned before as well, Laura. Um, I thought it might be worth digging into was um about, I guess, really you were talking about diversification, weren't you? Because like the the changes that a business might have endured over the last two years, three years, or whatever, uh, or any business might have endured since the the, the last considered and reviewed the, the the system. What sort of things were you thinking about there? I think COVID's obviously played a massive part yeah. in that, where businesses either during the COVID period to obviously just keep functioning or, yeah. or after, because we we all know of customers, you know, from Tharston and, 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 you know, businesses, you know, will be very familiar with that. They almost saw like a post-war boom after, yeah. after COVID where they became incredibly busy. And it more often than not was from new product types or product types that they weren't familiar. I'm just thinking specifically around food packaging, labeling, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we saw that boom in productivity um, and, you know, a lot of a lot of printers, you know, seeing, you know, almost record sales turnover figures mm. um, because of that. But when we think about diversification, you know, how we configured the system originally could be mm. drastically different to the product mm. types that we that, that we're using, that they're creating now or, or our business yeah. is, is, is actually producing. So re- so doing that system review and going through that process and this is where we, you know, if we were bringing in a, a partner such as ourselves at Tharston to um to discuss this, because it could be that as a as a printer we don't know what you know 
we think mm. we're doing it the right way, but we need expertise yeah. to come in. And that's yeah. why when we go through that that system review, then we can bring that in. And if you do have that, you know, I know, I know we'll probably talk about this a bit later, but if you do have that partnership level of relationship, it can be a great help when you do need that, when you do need that advice and you need that that help, you know, when you are going through that product diversification stage. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably something I overlooked actually, but that's a really good point, isn't it? When I was saying there's this whole focus initially, and if you think about that again, a bit of a generalized that 80 20, yeah, the 80 percent that we that we do a lot of, that's where the focus gets. But yeah, what Laura just said there's just opened my eyes a bit then because that that 20 percent that you probably weren't too focused on initially, if that's suddenly become 60 percent, well, you your workflow and your configuration is all to cock, isn't it? Yeah. As long as you we're recognising that and we can make the changes, then all good. But yeah, it's got to be got to be some regular visiting of these things. And I don't know yeah. Laura and I were chatting the other day. I would always recommend this team, but but Laura had yeah some some first hand experience of of kind of who you put in that team, and that kind of opened my eyes a bit. I was thinking, oh well, you put your you put your department heads in there, don't you? but not necessarily no so yeah you're absolutely right Andy so so that everybody naturally thinks that the department head would be the mm. best person to put you know in, in any project which yeah. you know you know to get like you, a balanced you, yeah. mix of, exactly. of input because you, yeah. you do you do need you do need authority in there as mm. well and, mm. and and that, and that and you, you know that that's a valid reason however what you can find is if you do have too many members of that team who are a very similar in personality or have very mm-hmm. similar traits yeah you can end up with conflicts projects not progressing mm. because you don't have the the mix in personalities yeah. to create a, a you know a better project so you do need you know visionaries you do need people who are completer finishers you do need yeah. people with ideas you do need specialists so that would be IT, yeah. you know things like it specialists and then you have other people such as if we think about the the belbin examples you have yeah. research investigators who are you know not so focused on detail but are very much looking further ahead not yeah. necessarily to the same level as a visionary but mm. who are you know picking up ideas from other people they're listening that, yeah. you know they're pulling in information from other sources mm. and then that gives that team that cross-functional view to mm. be able to, to to review any product now not just software it could be a whole business process but but having that cross-functional team will make a huge difference for any project because if we have too many similar type personalities you know that's where clashes will happen and generally things won't get done as efficiently as if, if as if that cross-functional team was in place. Yeah, that is a really good point. And it reminds me of a practical one of a podcast that we did a while back where we, we talked about um a, a book that Darcy took influence from, which was called The Five Voices. Uh, when you were when you're assembling a team or, or at least when you're considering the dynamics of a team. Uh, and and I think similar to the Belvin, they've identified different personality types or um where the the, the need to be on, on that team. And this one kind of puts it more a spin of a, the, what is your natural voice it's not saying that we can't be something else but we, we have kind of like our, our stronger voice and so there there was like the the pioneer which is, is like your visionary your, your guardian who, who can be very protective of of all the systems that are in place and really question you know why why you would want to change that and, and they're important to listen to as well the nurturer who's thinking about how this will affect 
the team and the business and everybody that's involved and what impact that might have and things the connector who kind of brings everything together and it, a bit like maybe that's my, maybe like the researcher and investigator where they, mm-hmm. they're looking at other things and what can we connect together and who can we connect together to make this happen and then the creative um and, and so it, by by having them that mix of people on on your your teams um so it's important Andy, i think definitely to mm-hmm. have an eclectic mix of, of of different departments because because you want a representation for different parts of the position you, you you and i know we've all been into a business where you can tell that that's probably being, being solely led by the production director yeah. because of the way it's been built or by the finance director because mm-hmm. it's all geared towards that whereas if you get a representation of everybody we, we mm-hmm. could, as we always advise then you get more of a balance it's it's representing all parts of the business and the workflow but then in conjunction with that it's then trying to think of well within that department making sure we've got a bit of a, a balance and there are tests that you like personality tests that you can do as well to almost qualify people into this but it, the five voices was particularly good as well because it talks about how to you know who should talk first in these meetings as well so your pioneer is, is probably the last person to talk because they can be quite domineering quite bullish quite you know whereas your nurturer might be um be a bit more reserved in coming forward with with thoughts and stuff so it there's it's really good book a bit like the, and the Belvin as well is uh-huh. advice and i think we put the Belvin in our implementation yeah. workbook yeah. as a as a guide as well but um yeah i i think it is a a, a really good point and, and leads me on to really as well like we've kind of stepped into we've talked a lot about the reasons why you want to do a system review and a workflow review um, but then how do we go about it and, and things to think about and so you've kind of brought that in there and you've like saying well assembling your team making sure that team is, is, is yeah. the right you know the right team if you can representation of the business but try and get the right mix of people we know it's not always perfect and for small businesses that might only be a couple of people in that team <clears throat> but it's, uh, it's it's handy to try and to try and get that mix I think isn't it and then I guess it what was the next step from there is reviewing isn't it internally maybe you know what would what would you suggest or you've got your team where would where would you go next yep so I think um process mapping is a a good starting point so before before any partners or or suppliers are are pulled in as a business you underneath need to understand your business, the processes that you're going through, the pains and gains that you currently have. And also you have to be engaged with your work- workforce as well, because there's no point in making assumptions to, to do this properly. You need to to have that engagement as well to, to, to fully understand, you know, where the workflow works very well, but also where maybe there are problems, issues, which makes any meetings that you have with, you know, MIS, or any other partner more meaningful. So understanding the business processes, understanding any uh, possible changes to that. So so we we previously spoke about, you know, moving into different product types. Um, so it's understanding what what improvements could we need there. So so mm. when when these meetings do happen, they're a lot more meaningful than everybody just obviously sitting there thinking. What you're going to do for us you need to understand yeah. that yourself as opposed to you know yeah. relying on other people coming to you um yeah yeah what about you andy have you any, any thoughts there yeah and i think similar thing. nailed it there yeah. and, I, and i think I don't know, just going going into it with 
with, with, with not high expectations sometimes because it can mm. sometimes be small things that, that comes out, that, that mm. come out of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've certainly, you know, help customers do system reviews and what I would think would be major things, they were they already had been half pat. They were good, but there was yeah. just a small thing. And even even just sort of setting up reviewing their product types in Thousand, yeah. you know, because it, there's still some legacy kit, some legacy equipment still mm. associated mm. to them. Mm. And before you sit over someone's shoulder, they are going, oh well, yeah, ignore that bit, and then I as a minus that bit off the yeah. end. Like, well, how many times are you doing that? Well, 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 actually, yeah, I've never really thought about it like that. Maybe four or five times a day. I think, well, you know, just ten, 10 minutes, ten minutes just addressing the problem in the first place. And actually, mm. what that what that did, there's two things there. It was like, mm. well, I need to re- review my product types. Next thing was, but but I can't remember how to. Mm. So you think, oh well, this this has uncovered a few little knowledge gaps and things yeah. like that. Yeah. So so next time something like that comes around, yeah. he or she can they can they can self manage these things. Yeah, maybe document so, it so you remember how to next time. Don't necessarily think, oh, we've got this team meeting. There's an expectation that we need to make radical changes. Yeah. They can sometimes with just the small things have a you know a huge benefit. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and and um. You reminded me there, Andy, as well. Actually, you know, I think it's a really good point that about expectations because actually sometimes I know uh, when I've gone in and worked with the customer on a, on a workflow review, and you're right that using the system so well and the, the, doing so many big things and, and, and really getting that, that effect, the, the return out of it. And and actually, the, the, there's a few small things that you can do that you can actually fix there, and you know, not, uh, not yeah. fix, but address and, and resolve there. And then it's almost like you've come out of the, the review session, and this, but the, there's not much to report back <laughs> because it's yeah. like, well, you are doing really well, and with the things that we've identified, we've already kind of you can tick them off there and then. But they are small things that mm-hmm. can have that that real big push and have a, a, a benefit, and then kind of thinking, right, okay. So where do we want to go from here now? What now that we've done this, what what would we like to do next? A couple of tools that I'm thinking of that might help businesses as well is, um, I think we have it on our, our website, and we can we'll make sure we add it to the uh, the show notes as well. But with the, the the wheel of growth, which is a is a tool that we sometimes use when we engage with a business initially to try and identify the different areas of your business. And and what it is, it, it's very simply, it's it's a circle that's segmented into yeah, quarters or eighth or, or whatever number of segments it needs to be and then you just have a heading for each one of them you know estimating customer service production invoicing or financials inventory and things like you, you, the the one example has some already preset but you can change them accordingly to your business and then you score it uh, out of 10 as to, to where you think you are at the moment so for example you might say well estimating we're at, we're at seven out of ten at the moment that's great. Okay, so what would ten out of ten look like? And then you describe what would what would ten out of ten be, and then you can work your way through, and eventually you'll get this wheel that might be a perfectly round wheel. If you get ten out of ten, it might be a very bumpy wheel, and we want to try and smooth it out. And it's a really simple exercise that you can do by sharing that out amongst the team, amongst the leadership team, and, and the the management team, the admin team, and, and and getting their input. And sometimes you'll see disparity as well between what the leadership team think and, and what the you know the, the admin team think and uh, but then you can start to to get to that 10 out of 10 and the point is is you'll probably never get to 10 out of 10 because there's always something else you can do and it's great because it gives you a scoring system 
to kind of work with to go, okay, at the moment we feel like this is, you know, inventory is is, is six out of ten. Well, what do we need to what would ten out of ten look like? Mm. And then it, you can then keep on reviewing that and then go back in six months' time, three months' time, and say, well, what, what will we score ourselves at now? Well, now we're at eight out of ten. Okay, so we need to keep on pushing it. So they, that can be a good starting point, I think, to, to to kind of identify where you feel from a feeling point of view, not just from a, a factual point of view, but where you think that the areas might be, and then and then to start w- working on them. And that's where you can then maybe bring in your technology partners as well to, to, to have them discussions. Another thing is that I always think about is like just asking some simple questions like things I wish I knew more about in my, my system, things I'd like to keep on happening in whatever that system is, th- things I'd like to stop happening and, and things I'd like to, to start happening that don't currently. That they can be some like simple questions to ask or, you know, what are our aspirations going forward, areas we're having challenges with. If I had a, a magic wand, what what would I wave it for to fit besides winning the jackpot lottery and stuff? But, um, you know, um, but, um, you know, other systems would like to integrate with. They can be all simple questions. We can put these into the show notes, I'm, I'm sure. But that assembling your team, maybe then having that wheel of growth or, or some kind of internal survey with open questions that you know just just gets feedback and then to start compiling that together is some some tools that you can use to help with that that process i think so yeah we've talked about the reason why you know what a system review is the reason why you want to do it how to go about doing that uh, and the benefits of, of, of doing that i think the over the overarching message is is change and keeping up with that constant change and like we said there it can often be small marginal you know gradual changes that that go unnoticed and, and, until it kind of compounds and you think actually right. there, there's something we need to address here or it could, it could be bigger things you know your business could suddenly pivot and change direction or merge with another business and that might force right. it about as well but i think it's all about why would you need a workflow review would you it's about change isn't it and keeping pace with that change absolutely can't do anything about change <laughs> It's Apart from go with it. All around us, you <laughs> yeah. can just you just got to embrace it. And mm. uh, I think for me, going back to what I started off by saying, you know, people kind of ignore it a bit. Just keep it regular. We've we've described a great way of doing it, a formal mm. way of doing it. Mm. it. Doesn't have to be as formal as that. As long as, yeah. as this conversation is going on about, you know, w- w- how are things going, what mm. improvements think we could make. You know, just do it. Just do it regularly. That's that's, yeah. that's the takeaway for me. Just keep on top of it. Almost often a little. Kind just of keep, cha- yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> keep challenging it. Yeah. yeah. Challenging why, yeah. why would we do it this way? Oh, it's yeah. actually the best way. Oh, we've yeah. realised that because I'm yeah. doing this bit here, which makes life easier downstream in the workflow. Mm. That's why I'm doing this bit. Sometimes just to reaffirm why we're doing certain things. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Little and often. I think just to add on to that, Andy, yeah. one of the things that I'm always um, a big advocate of, and I know everybody at Thurston is as well, is adopting this partnership ethos. Mm-hmm. Just working in a supplier customer transaction mm. won't get the best out of any system mm. or any mm. product, you know, even yeah. if it was just a raw material purchase. Having a good partnership with your MIS provider will help make this process a lot more meaningful. And it means that open and honest conversations can happen 
if there are issues they can be spoken about likewise the direction of the business and things that are classed as confidential obviously can be discussed knowing Mm. full well those will be kept completely confidential but it means those discussions can happen and any feedback that the MIS provider or any other you know whatever it is can be a lot more meaningful to to the the topic that that we're looking at so if we are talking about the MIS system being able to discuss where the business is going in the future Mm. will open doors to help future proof that business moving forward so if we do think about where the business is going to be moving to, so so if we're talking about where our growth area, or where we hope our growth areas were going to be, if we're having those conversations with them, um, you know, or, or our business is having them with us at Tharston, it means that then it, it helps to advise where, you know, where assistance yeah. could be in that, and 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 also other factors that that might need to be thought of that that might not have even cropped up at that point. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Laura. I think that, that having that openness um, can help. It. And, and also, you know, it, it, when you take that partnership view as well, you, you, you're both a business looking in on each other then as well, aren't you? Uh, yeah. and, and that insight that you can offer each other and thinking about more than just that customer supplier relationship or like that win i know it sounds very cliche but that win-win how can we help each other not just Uh with this but but generally how can we help each other it it can make a big difference to to kind of moving moving things along can't it and i know that we always try to strive for that with with customers here but you know it it, it, it's a two-way thing isn't it i think Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and by adopting that that approach, will make a considerable difference to both parties moving forward. Mm. Because as a print business, looking for good partners, suppliers, you know, will help that business move forward. We yeah. only need to consider what happened after COVID with raw material supplies. You know, if relationships had been poor with suppliers, you know, obviously that made it a lot more difficult mm. to to potentially get hold of mm. board boxes, mm. even ink in some instances. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, if the you know the the previous ethos was to beat up suppliers and just get what we you know get the best price and not bother about that, yeah. she was on the other other foot very quickly yeah. in that yeah. respect of of who got priority in that respect. So um so yes, that building that partnership is 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 definitely key. Okay. So much to think about there. <laughs> we'll, we'll wrap it up there. So, um, Laura, thank you very much for, for your time there and, and also some brilliant points. And, and Andy, too, as well. Thank you very much for joining us both today. <laughs> so that's it for today's episode of the Inspired Podcast. Again, big thank you for uh, to Andy and Laura for, for joining me today. It's great to chat to you both about workflow reviews and system reviews and, and the importance of them. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening and, and please join us again for the next episode. You've been listening to the Inkspire podcast from Tharstern. If you have any questions about today's show or you're interested in being a guest, head over to our website and let us know. And don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Until then, thanks for listening.